0: Minefields, Indy Rasslin. But, well, yeah, thanks for having, uh, having us. I knew you just got back. How long have you actually been back for?
1: Uh, so, I've been back for about a week and a
0: half. week and a half? Yeah. Awesome.
1: Actually, almost two weeks. Yeah, it'll be two weeks on Thursdays. Did you surprise your family? Uh, no, no. Uh, part of that is because we live quite a ways away from the base where I landed. Mm-hmm. So, couldn't really keep it a surprise, otherwise, I wasn't going to have a ride home.
0: How was your uh, exit from uh, Afghanistan? Was it, did it go smoothly?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> it never does. It yeah. never does. It's a lot of bureaucracy, and we're a National Guard unit, uh, whereas before when I have deployed, it's been active duty, mm-hmm. so there's a whole new world of funding and figuring out flights and all
0: that. How is it in the National Guard in regards to politics? Because I know that in the military, that's like the one thing most people hate. That's one of the reasons my dad was always telling me about, was like, if you piss one guy off, um, you know, we'd you can have a really hard time advancing, but then you can go to a different base. You're, you're talking, you were in the Marines now, you were in the Marines and then you were now in the Guard? Uh,
1: Marines, Army, and now the Air National Guard.
0: I right don't. Which one did you like better?
1: Well, I get that question a lot, mm-hmm. and what I usually tell people is, if the Marines were so great and the Army was so great, I'd still be there. So. Right. <laughs> um, they, they all have their own pitfalls, and there is uh, exactly what you were talking about with politics and you still get that in the guard a little bit too but one of the good things about being in a guard unit is everyone's together for so much longer when you're an active duty you're constantly moving here and there you don't really form that tight of bond with people gotcha so for us in the guard it's we have a tighter bond so there is some of that politics like if you're a super outsider type of person mm. but for the most part everyone wants you to do good
0: no that that's good to hear uh... We were all sad when you left, and uh, unfortunately, I missed your going away show, and I was pissed because everyone was saying that you were done, and I was just so happy that you came back. Um, before we get to, to wrestling, I've still got a, a lot of questions about the military. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: go ahead. Yeah,
0: um, did uh, I, I hate those videos where they show like daddy showing up mm, and, yeah. and crying? I know people get like a big pop out of that, and it, it you know it feels I'm like you know that's one of the reasons why people do things, but. Uh, meeting my dad when getting off that plane, that was a private moment. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's great to have put your kids in that situation mm. where, especially if it's you know, you're going to be crying in front of all these, cl- mm. these classmates and things like that. And yeah, I don't. I don't really agree with it. I've never done it to my family. I uh, never will do it to my family. I did it is did to my parents. But that's a different situation. Yeah. I, was when I was a lot younger. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I never really do that with my family. Um, me coming home this time was like just another day. Uh, I got in real, real late, one in the morning. So my wife met me. They actually paid for a hotel for us to stay up there, so I'd do some in processing stuff. But my daughter went to school the next day, and I didn't see her until she got back from school. I try to keep life as normal as possible. Well,
0: we're glad you got home safe, man. Like, uh, we all, you know, kept up with your posts. we were happy that you were still posting for us to make sure you're okay, because it's, uh, a lot of, it's a military town, so a lot of people understand, uh, right. that's, uh, when dad was gone, like, I couldn't even look at a TV, because I was worried, like, the news was going to be on, what I was, not going to like what sure, I, sure. what I saw, um, how was it being over there, and keeping up with all the boys?
1: Uh, so I purposely had to separate, from wrestling, mm-hmm. and, uh, you mentioned before, when I left, uh, where people were saying I was done, I mean, I, I really was, I was very mentally, burned out, uh, Physically, I was I was pretty beat up. I was doing a lot of stuff that one no one else was doing at the time, um, style of matches and things like that. And I was wrestling way more than anyone else in this area, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as far as unsigned talent goes. The fans were the ones who called me Mr. Colorado Wrestling, and I feel I earned that. But at the same time, it was burning me out. Mm -hmm. So the focus totally on my job over there. I tried not to involve myself in any way at all really people would occasionally message me and ask for a little bit of advice here and there but yeah for the most part i tried to to stay out of it focus on my job over there and address it when i got back because i didn't know what i'd be coming back to i was mm-hmm. gone for over six months that's over half a year mm-hmm. um, and that's been kind of been the st- state throughout my entire wrestling career has been in the military since long before i was wrestling not long a little bit before I was wrestling. So I'm used to leaving and going away and stuff like that. But this one was a little different because I'd ingratiated myself so much into the scene here and sort of made myself an important part of it. By choice, there was a planned action on my part. Right. Um, yeah, so it was a little bit tougher, but I was able to, and everyone kind of respected my wishes too, which is something Big time. you don't always get that in wrestling. Especially with a lot of the younger guys, because I had taught a lot of guys and brought a lot of guys along, for them to not come to me for advice, yeah, it was hard for them and it was hard for me too. And in
0: regards of like they, you leaving like was it more of a you were expected to keep getting booked and they were they were you were cash dollars in the future, or is it more just everyone relied on you as a mentor?
1: Um it's tough to say really mm-hmm. um, a lot of it was we needed like a uniting force um, wrestling can be still to this day super territorial Absolutely, um, egos are huge we all have huge egos in the wrestling business we have to to put ourselves out there like that um, and we needed someone that could get in there and, and do what needed to be done when I first came to Colorado back in 2010, 2009 it was pretty bad, um, but we had a few really talented people who came together, worked all the different promotions, and were able to sort of unite people. Um,
0: what way was it bad? Is it just disorganized or uh, no?
1: A lot of just conflict between promotions. If you work for this person, you can't work for this person. No, oh, gotcha. You know? Yeah, uh, that person's paying you X amount of dollars. That's way too much. Or you know, really, whatever the case was. Right. There's a lot of backstabbing. Promoters leading people either new to the area or new to wrestling down the Primrose path. And I didn't want to see that happen. Now, I came up in a time before social media was huge. It existed. Right. I mean, we're talking like MySpace. Um, I didn't have anyone to look out for me.
0: So you started like, what, 2005, 2006?
1: 2005. Or 2004, Mm -hmm. actually.
0: Yeah, if we're talking MySpace, yeah.
1: I wanted to be that, I wanted to help people so that they didn't have to go through what I had to because I made a lot of mistakes on the way just from not knowing any better because no one cared to teach me. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I purposely did that. I wanted to be a big part and I wanted to show some individuals who've been here a long time who never gave me time before to show them like, I can do this. I've been able to do this for a long time. So.
0: Taking a leadership role, uh, such a a defined leadership role in that sort of, uh, messy chaos. Did you, uh, was it something that you had to research on your own in terms of like learning to be a good leader or was it trial and error? And just, you just remember what you don't want to happen to, to other people. Cause from what I understand, like you're, it's, I'm sure you learned some stuff in the military, uh, from some coaches or mentors you might've had, but, uh, that's a lot to put on your shoulders uh, to, did you organize that at all?
1: Um, no, it, it just kind of came about naturally. Um, when I first came back, there was very few people who were still here from when I was here in my first run. Um, and there was some who were just about out the door. Um, some who didn't remember me. Um, so I I did have to kind of fight for it and, and earn everyone's respect again. And then it just came about naturally. Um, I never turned down a booking. I worked for Peanuts, because people, you know, were suffering. Money, I, I earned all this stuff starting from the bottom again, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people saw that. And leadership is—you have to have a natural presence. And there's lots of different types of leadership styles. But someone like a Jimbo Lucas, who's a locker room leader, mm-hmm. has a very different leadership style than say I do. Mm-hmm. We put off different energies, but people are still going to listen to a Jimbo Lucas because he knows what he's talking about. It's been around a long time, and you've earned their respect. And that's the biggest thing in wrestling is you got to earn that respect. People may hate you, but they may respect
0: you. That's a good point. I don't like the Beatles, but I respect them. I mean, it would be ignorant for me to say that, that it's bad music. It's not. It's just not my wavelength. Uh, I'd need something a little bit heavier. In order re- regardless if it's the same message, I'd need it told to me in the right way. Right. Especially with Jimbo. Uh, Jimbo, when I first started... Um, uh integrating myself into this scene here um he was one of the first ones that came off as uh, a soft-spoken uh but heavy hand type gentleman i can imagine that he can run you ragging in the in in the ring or just even training
1: oh yeah absolutely i mean his cardio he's probably the most conditioned wrestler in colorado his car you're never gonna wear him out he'll wear you out for sure and that's that kind of respect too he is a little bit older that's not a secret (laughs) <laughs> no, um, no. I and mean, he's proud of that because he can look at these guys and say this is what I did and this is how I've lasted this long this is how I'm still so good do what I do and you can be me he doesn't have to come out directly and say that because like you said he is sort of a soft spoken guy naturally mm-hmm. but he's one of those guys you want to lean in and listen to he's got that presence you
0: know? who, uh, who helped you along the way anyone that's still here
1: <laughs> uh, yeah um most of the help I got was people who screwed me over and I learned how to not do that. Gotcha. Um, as far as people here in Colorado, mm-hmm. um, Elias Castaneda is probably my biggest help I've had here in Colorado, along with Eric Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those guys saw way back in 2010 when we were working for promotions that no longer exist here in Colorado. And, and a lot of promoters didn't want to give me the time of day, because I could do an interview, I had a decent body, I could do all the fancy moves, and I could wrestle, and that's intimidating to some people, especially when it's someone you haven't taught, I was never trained here in Colorado, I, by the time I got here I had been working for five years, over five years, so um, to some of those promoters that was intimidating, and I saw it happen not just to me, but to a lot of super talented people who could have made huge names in the wrestling business. But Elias and Eric were two of those people who, even back then, pulled me in and said, you know, listen up, kid. This is how to do this. This is how to do this. Mm-hmm. Elias would... We used to train here in Colorado Springs for a company that was no longer in business. And he would stay. He lived in Denver. And he would stay here in Colorado Springs for hours Just to help. Just to help. And he wasn't getting paid for it. He just knew that if I can bring these guys up to my level or beyond then I can make more money, too, <laughs> because now I get to yeah. work with these guys. Um, and then another one, of course, is Joe McDougal. Um, if you know who that is, then great. If you don't, I don't. Then, I, then I won't uh, give you his gimmick name. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's he's the one who got me back into wrestling back in 2016, and he's been definitely a mentor and source for me since...
0: Back into wrestling. Uh, I, forgive me, but I did notice that some of the, your older photos, you were uh, a bigger guy. Now, uh, did you just stop caring for a while in terms of your training, and then you just got hungry for it again? Because you're cut as hell.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I'm cut up right now because in mm-hmm. Afghanistan we have great food, <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing to do but hours of cardio every day, which I've actually been able to keep up since we got back here. Um, it was just a different look. Uh, so I'm not the tallest guy, um, but I've always been really strong, and a lot of times, uh, promoters would want me to be their Taz. Okay. Um, and in order to do that, I need to be even a little bit bigger, because mm-hmm. Taz is a little of so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a little bit of that, a little bit of, little bit of this. And then uh, as you get older, and this is a tip for all you youngsters out there, as you get older, it gets way easier to keep very hard to put on muscle, mm. but you can stay lean easier as you get
0: older. I'll need some help with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we all could get a little more cut, yeah.
0: I'm sure. Uh, who did you look up to as a, a kid that you'd want to get into wrestling?
1: Uh, well, my favorite was Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Even when he was a big-time heel, like the Mega Powers thing, yeah. that's the first like big storyline I can remember. I had been watching wrestling before that, mm. but that was 88 89 like,
0: that's that's that sticks out in my head as well
1: yeah so I'm like I'm right at that age where that was my first big wrestling memory but I also used to watch it with my great-grandparents and my great grandpa he likes the WWF mm-hmm. because he thought it was fun and it was great for us kids we really like the NWA nice because he would you know he would tell us you know, that, that WWF those bright colors those guys are good but they're no. not real like the NWA <laughs> they're ones. not real yeah, wrestlers I mean. and so I was just uh, I was naturally drawn to the Four Horsemen whatever iteration was on mm-hmm. I and mean, of course I started with WWF so the closest thing that WWF's NWA had was Sting so of course it's a huge Sting thing too. always have one.
0: I love Sting I love that new commercial they had for that that game that unfortunately tanked uh, where it was like yeah now we know who the best is brother yeah <laughs> yeah Crystal clear. <laughs> and Then it keeps panning out, and then there's Sting. Yeah, and I loved it. Yeah, it was it was nice to see him like that. I was really upset uh, because uh, Rollins was known for being such a, a stiff worker, and he'd already taken out a few other people, and then he did that to Sting when he finally got in. And now uh, he's it's not really going to happen again. And so I've got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder for Rollins on that, but I I have a chip on my shoulder for anyone that I find out that they're a stiff worker because it's.
1: I, well I mean there's a difference between being stiff and snug and there's a difference in being safe at the same
0: time that's my that's that's what I'm worried about is safety like we've talked about I've talked to a few different people uh, behind the scenes that I'm not going to mention that um, I'd mention like how do you feel about wrestling with when people are like the whole gimmick is that they're high like aren't you worried like um well I've had good good and bad told to me, like, no, you know, these guys know what they're doing, and they're not totally baked, but uh, one of my main concerns when I'm watching wrestling is the safety of the wrestlers, like, period, so when I hear that sort of stuff, it turns me off immediately.
1: Yeah, I mean, I take pride, and I've never injured anyone, um, seriously, and the Three times I can remember that people got hurt, it was their fault, and they admitted it as mm-hmm. as such. But I do, I work snug, I like contact, and part of that comes from, again, being a bigger guy, mm-hmm. barrel-chested dude, so I can take a lot more punishment than maybe someone else can. And well, I'm talking clotheslines and boots and punches, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about getting dropped on your head because you don't know how to get someone over on a suplex. On I didn't
0: everybody. think you were at all, for, forgive me if I made that implication. No, but, no, I mean, I keep... Yeah.
1: My fault. I, when I bring up something like the Taz comparison, I think like, I really liked Taz. Yeah, but that dude is reckless as hell, especially with those, you know, whatever ECW scrub Paulie was sacrificing that week. And Taz was just like he wouldn't even care. Not at all. And uh, he's a great dude, and I've met him several times, and I really like him, and obviously his style. But he can't be doing that, man. It's, that's why he didn't get a chance to WWF. But I digress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, even then, uh, right now I, I feel like there's a, a, a large renaissance happening in wrestling. We know loud and clear in the in the, the Indies and the, in the Majors right now. But I feel it happening in Colorado right now, and especially I felt it on the Colorado Spring Show on Saturday. The, the way that everyone banded together to make sure the show was good, uh, you read what I what I put online oh, yeah. and it was like I I meant that from like the bottom of my heart because none of these guys were were working stiff they, it, Man, they put on brutal matches but it it wasn't something that was in the back of my mind uh, it was nice seeing y'all backstage like like the smiles on people's faces getting to see people and I really hope that people keep that standard going and it. From what I understand, there's not too big of a, a problem working for different territories here in Colorado right now. Nope. Yeah.
1: nope. Uh, things have been going really good. Sort of what happened is, early 2017, mm-hmm. we had a lot of our really great wrestlers moved on to bigger and better things. Um, mm-hmm. and, and these are names that I'm sure you've heard of and I'm sure your listeners have heard mm-hmm. of, guys like Royce Isaacs, Dak Draper. I mean, these are big names in the independents right now.
0: Even Marty the Moth.
1: Marty the Moth. Yeah. I mean, these were linchpins in Colorado. Wrestling, and they had left, and it did, it left a vacuum, and it's taken us a little while to catch up to their level of, of matches, because at that time, you couldn't, there was no one that could do a Royce Isaacs versus Dak Draper match, you couldn't do it, you couldn't match their level, they're that good, they were head and shoulders above everyone else, and still are, but when they left, it created this vacuum, and things sort of got a little bit splintered, and, and everyone was trying to get that spot, mm-hmm. but there can only be one Royce Isaacs. There can only be one Dak Draper. There can only be one Marty the Moth. There can only be one Danger Dean. When those guys are gone, they're gone. So you, instead of trying to take their spot, fill in with what their spot is. And it took us this long to get to that point, and now we're there again. And we do. We have some superstars in the making, for sure. But now everyone's concerned about that show, and let's bring Colorado Wrestling back up to where it was mm-hmm. you know, three years ago, before we had these ultra superstars that we knew would leave eventually. I mean, those were guys that... There's a few guys out there now as well. Yeah. Guys like Damon Ace. Like you read my mind. That dude's getting signed. Like, I don't...
0: It, it's going to happen. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it won't be next year, but it'll be sooner or later. He's on my short list. I told him every time I was like... Well, not every time, but I was like, there's, there's a few people I know for absolute goddamn certainty like it's gonna happen as long as you oh, yeah. play ball and uh the the damon like he's he's actually my boy like that like we joke around all the time it's it's a lot of fun like I actually got this from him the other day oh, yeah goodness. that was pretty sweet <laughs> yeah giant bruise was, like, uh, he, they were horsing around on the ring and I went up and I just slammed him in the back and he looked around he's like what the and I was like do it and he just boom he <laughs> like okay first bump I like it
1: yeah <laughs> I mean he's he's got the look, he's got the personality, he's been trained really well. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of guys like that too. I mean, the best part is, like you said, they want that whole show to be good. Mm. It's easy well it's not easy, but you can be a big fish in a small pond. What's hard is for all those fish to be big fish. Right? That's
0: I guess it comes point. I think it would come down to whether or not they can get a bigger venue. Um I want to go back to who you're talking about in general about like the, the big names that left. What was it that you think was so good about them other than just being naturally good at it? Was there anything else that they had that other people should, should know? Like work uh, yeah, ethic? If you or? can be like
1: six, four or 3% body fat and handsome and tanned. That goes a long way, mm-hmm. which both those guys are. Um, but yeah, I mean the work ethic really in uh and both those guys have said it since they've left. Like, you know, when people hit them up and it'd be like, hey, how do we get to where you are? It's all about work ethic. There was no one that was going to work harder than those two guys while they were here, amongst others mm-hmm. that have left. Um, and I see that now with several budding talent Damon Ace being one of them, Balaam Lynx, Logan Austin, Damian Malice. I mean, these are guys who you are not going to outwork. Um, and those are all genetically gifted. Cause there's some people like me. I'm not genetically gifted, right? I have a weird physique. It took me a really long time to pick up on wrestling. I trained really hard. Um, that's just gonna hold you back. It is. Mm-hmm. That's just being honest. But
0: now your guns though. Hey,
1: <laughs> I, I, I worked for it. But you know, some of those guys who have those genetic advantages, it's easy for them to to just sit back and be like, oh, well, I'm pretty good at this, so I don't have to try as hard. But those young guns that I just mentioned right now. Those are guys who aren't going to rest on their laurels. Mm. It's never going to be good enough for them. They're always going to want to be better, and that's why you're going to see in the next five or six years a lot of top-tier talent getting signed away from Colorado because those are those are the guys on the
0: Um, Me too. And um, uh, is there anything in particular that you would be able to recommend to someone? Because obviously, you can just know in order to succeed you have to work but how do you work uh, for example I asked you to do the podcast not only were you uh, on time you were early uh, ready to rock and roll as opposed to uh, maybe in a month or two or something like that because you, right. you, you know uh, whether or not um, 8 million people listen to this or a thousand it's only going to help also you're training all the time is there anything else that is in, in the cracks that you would have to be here for a while to know?
1: Well, the big one I would say for any wrestler is to be professional. Mm -hmm. Super professional. And I was all about, you know, early in my career being the dude who showed up in sweatpants and a tank top looking like I just came from the gym because I usually did. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I went down to Texas a couple years back and trained at the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, Cowboy Johnny Mantell and Tigers Lords were the main trainers there. Wichita Falls? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, One thing they imparted upon me because I'd been wrestling for a long time, over a decade by the time I got to them. So they were doing a lot of those fine details. Mm -hmm. And the be professional part was absolutely driven home. Um, There are certain occasions on shows where you'll see me in jeans and a t shirt, but for the most part, I'm wearing a tie. Mm -hmm. I've got a vest on. uh, My hair's done. I'm usually wearing some sort of exotic men's fragrance. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a nice watch. I'm wearing jewelry. That's going to, when, when people see that, when fans see that, they're like, that's a wrestling. That's a professional. That's someone who takes this seriously. Mm-hmm. And you do have to take it seriously. And sometimes it's hard, and It was hard for me when I was young because it wasn't my full-time gig. My full-time gig, when I started, I was in the Marines. And mm-hmm. I cared more about the Marines than I did about wrestling. So I farted around and wasted, you know, six, seven years of my career not taking it seriously. And wondering, like, oh, man, why am I not getting broke? Why am I not? I've got the tan, I've got the muscles, I've got the look. But it was because I wasn't taking it seriously. I wasn't taking it as a professional. It's right. professional wrestling. It is wrestling, but it's professional wrestling. So That's a big one. And, and again, these young guys here in Colorado, they are taking it seriously. Right. They, show, they show up to a show, they look professional, they, they help set up, they help tear down. They never big time anyone in the locker room. Those are the things that are, get them to that next level it's the home training part of
0: wrestling what do you think will help keep this momentum going in Colorado like obviously there's a couple of big names like Rocky Mountain Pro uh, New Era obviously Rocky Mountain Pro has the bigger has the bigger setup is there anything that could happen that's not happening now to to unite everything a little bit more or is it just more of the big guys just opening their doors more
1: um yeah I think we're in a pretty good spot right now um there is always going to be drama, mm-hmm. I and mean, if we can move past that, and think about all the great matches that, that we could still see here in Colorado, absolutely. I mean, there's so much talent here. Right? Mm-hmm. If we keep getting new blood in, you know, fresh recruits, we're going to keep getting that talent. Right now, the training that we have available in Colorado, it's never been this good. Awesome. And, and we used to have quite a few schools, reputable schools, in Colorado, but. Not like today.
0: Can you put over a few guys, or the, or the schools in particular?
1: Sure. I mean, I mean, Mercury, mm-hmm. uh, or Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling Academy, I believe, so. have changed their name to now. Um, that's a great one to go to, especially if you're looking to be a TV wrestler. Okay. Uh, Matt Yadin, the, the owner, uh, he worked for TNA for a really long time. He's been all over the place. so He knows how to coach these young talent into television. Plus, they have a huge distribution. They're on TV in Europe. Twitch. Fight, fight tv yeah. app i mean they're all over the place. being on tv in europe this this humble promotion in colorado that used to be another promotion and then it was another promotion and now it's Rocky Mountain Pro. it's on tele- broadcast television yeah. in europe like that's a huge step um they're hungry for it too yeah that's a great place to go they have a lot of really good connections um then extreme gym up in denver which is the butcher shop new era um there's all sorts of training now. They've got catch wrestling as well. Um, that's a great one. If you want to get out there and really work the indies, that's a great place to go. There's so many connections there all over the country, and they're going to teach you a, a grittier style of wrestling, which I which I love. Uh, here in Colorado Springs, we have two. Uh, Animal Sam and Daisy run on their own training, and then we have the Empower Wrestling Academy. Now, Empower um, it used to be me and Jim Lucas were the head trainers, and then... Amy malice took over for me after I left right um, that that's a place you want to go if you want to learn those fundamentals if you're someone who has a hard time learning or maybe not the most physically gifted person who's not going to pick up on the stuff right away just like I didn't yeah when I first started you want to go to empower you're gonna do drills you're gonna learn all the basics of being a wrestler. Um, all of them are good choices. you got to kind of figure out which one works best for you try some out get to know these people, but we've got a lot of great athletic talent here now, and hopefully we keep that flow of athletic people coming in, and the sky's the limit for us.
0: Do you think, uh, as a journalist, it would help me better if I at least learn the fundamentals, like physically? Because it getting over is difficult. Um, In general, because you you show up, you're looking like a mark, and uh, you know, but you're proud. Just like I'm talking about myself here, and then I'm like, hey, you know, tapping people on the shoulders. I've got uh, a laptop and a microphone and uh, a podcast, and and it 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 took a little bit. It it took a little bit. Um, I I got really lucky. Uh, Really, one of those like someone saw I was hungry and right place, right time. And then we've been kind of doing this gimmick where we interviewed the guy that the last guy puts over. Right. <laughs> That's how I got Damon Ace. And I've, I'm sorry, guys, I've, you guys have been listening for a while, but uh, I've told that story a lot before, but I don't I don't think I've told it to guns. Um, well, actually, I know, because it's the first time i ever sat with him. Right. <laughs> but uh, but um, Malice was like, I was like, who do, you, who do you think we should put put over next? And he's like, Damon Ace, unquestionably. I have to have a match with that guy. And he's like, I don't... I, and Damon was like, I've never even met this guy. <laughs> and I was like, they're watching, man. They're yeah, they're, they're watching. Um, and I, would that be necessary for... Or would it be just something... Because I know a lot about wrestling, but I, necessary, I don't... Necessary,
1: I would say, no, nothing's ever necessary. You can always blaze your own trail, but... mm-hmm. I'd say at least give it a shot. Mm. See how it feels. And what it's going to help you with, it's going to help you understand that ring. And that's something that a lot of people don't. Um, My niece's boyfriend did some announcing for us at CSW, but he had never trained wrestling. And he was just, even just as an announcer, there was times he was a little bit off in the ring. Mm. A little bit off that ring positioning. He didn't really feel the crowd the right way. He didn't know how to get to the ropes the first time. Mm. Um, So things like that. It will. It will really help you. It will give you respect for the business. Even if you just go to one day of wrestling training and just do a couple drills, you're like, okay, now
0: I get it. Uh, sorry, I appreciate that. Bring it back, back to you. I know that you have gone back and forth with wrestling from everything you told me so far. Do you find it dangerous to start dreaming? Because you're still in the military? Because you've got a family?
1: Uh, no. Now, there was some time. There was a few times... Back in the day when I was maybe, I was at least on the radar of certain companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the military thing did somewhat get in the way, and some was, I stepped on my own foot. Um, absolutely not. Especially now, there's so much opportunity for even a high level independent Because if we're talking Impact, AEW, MLW, Ring of Honor, sort of the second tier, there's still high level. There's room there for, for a Justin Andrews. Even if I'm deploying or, you know, minimum one weekend a month, I'm off doing a drill. Flip did it. Yeah, there's still, yeah. there's absolutely a place for it. So, uh, to that regard, I would say no, and I would do it in a heartbeat. Believe me, I'm doing everything I can to get those opportunities. Um, but, three years from now, mm-hmm. when I'm pro- pushing 40, is by then is it too late? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Now, when I, I feel I'm in my physical prime, now is the time to, you know, put the pedal to the metal, put in the work, and you know, hopefully get noticed.
0: Do you have like any specific ethos? The way like uh, uh, Janela will work for anyone once, or uh, are you just looking to get out there as much as you can?
1: Uh, I'm a lot more selective now, okay. <laughs> a lot more selective. So, again, going back to what I was saying, when I first broke in, the people who trained me didn't really care about. Gotcha. So they never taught me to, like, research a promotion before you go work for them. So when I got to the East Coast, um, when I joined the Army, I mean, there's promotions everywhere. And I didn't know enough to look at, you know, this promotion that wrestles in this seedy bar mm-hmm. off the highway of a coal country in front of 15 people. Probably not, you don't want to work for them unless you have to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So I would sometimes go with whoever the first person that got back to me was. So I would. I would drive to Pennsylvania and work in this little bar with a tiny ceiling in front of 15 people when the person who had hit me up the second time is elsewhere in Pennsylvania drawing 700 people to a gymnasium. Right. And I could have gone to that show. What's better, those 700 eyes, those 15? Yeah. So I'm a lot more selective now. and Luckily, because of social media, you can usually tell – when a promotion's good or when it's not. Mm-hmm. Now, that isn't to say that you know, if a promotion's new, they may not look like they have their shit together yet because they don't. That doesn't mean they're not going to be a success. Or don't deserve a shot. Right. Mm-hmm. So you should at least be willing to do that. Uh, we did a show last year in Hastings, Nebraska, or earlier this year. And honestly, none of us knew how it was going to go. It was a charity event um, for a woman that we didn't know. We knew her story, obviously, from the promoter in a little town in Nebraska and we packed that place awesome and it was like a fire hazard there were so many people there we had an awesome show I worked two matches in a row I was in the ring for over 40 minutes nice uh, including Bleeding because freaking Cowboy James Barrett a freaking Cowbell um, so you gotta be willing to take those chances too because mm-hmm. if I had just looked at now granted I knew the promoter of that show so is a little different Right. if you just hit me up and I was like man it's their first show their posters obviously this guy did it himself like, yeah. that might be one that if it's a promotion that's been around for a while I probably wouldn't take that book mm-hmm. but because it's their first show why not we did yeah. and it turned out to be a great success so it's that sort of balancing act between you know, taking it seriously and working for serious promotions and giving people a shot
0: did they raise uh, all the money that they needed for, for the cause absolutely okay absolutely.
1: good it was yeah. Definitely worth. it. I really enjoy doing charity shows. It's hard when they're a ways away because you you are spending time and money to get there. Yeah, because you're, you're not getting paid. paid. No. <laughs> mm. um, and a lot of times, it's you know, when you, especially when you can raise a lot of money, it's it's worth it.
0: What what is happening to her? If you don't mind me asking, uh,
1: Laura Mangus, who's going through some cancer battles. Gotcha. And she's a beloved music teacher in that town. And I'm telling you, like probably fifty percent of that town showed up. And they're turning people away at the mm. door. That's awesome. Because it was a charity show, people were just giving money anyway. They're like, oh, we understand we can't get in. Here's a price ticket.
0: That's awesome. That that makes me happy. My, I lost my big brother uh, two and a half years ago. So, uh, yeah, let's switch subjects. <laughs> wow, right, right, right.
1: <laughs> Sorry. So Cut here. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, I know. No, I just uh, uh, I I appreciate you telling me that. Do you have like any awesome road stories at all?
1: Oh man, <laughs> I do. I have a, I have a lot of. What's the
0: first one that popped in your head? Uh,
1: so when I left the Marines, uh, I was living in my hometown, Missoula, Montana. Mm-hmm. Montana had no wrestling. Idaho didn't really have any wrestling, so we had to go to Washington, which growing up in Montana was a huge state. Like a seven-hour drive isn't that bad for us. Mm-hmm. But that's what we were doing. We were doing these you know, six, seven-hour drives to go wrestle in Tacoma or Seattle or Wenatchee or, or wherever we could. You're from Montana? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had to be licensed. Oh uh, To wrestle in Washington So there was a couple guys Who weren't even licensed But would come with us anyway And hope to like Maybe ref Or something like yeah. that But Anyway So We're, we're going to the show In Wenatchee, Washington This is 2007 There's like five of us in the car Like two dudes who Are not trained at all But want to get into training But don't know how Because of like, Montana So one of them was going to Film the match for me I don't remember What the other guys Maybe the other guy was Just driving Um then, me, I was wrestling on the show. Then, uh, another guy who was refereeing on the show, and he was also gonna do like a run in but under a mask. Okay. Because he wasn't licensed to be a wrestler, he was only licensed to be a ref. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we're going super fast because we're late and we gotta drive forever and we get pulled over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the highway patrolman is like walking up you know, on the, on the non highway side of the car. And the one dude in the back who's like 16. Okay. You know, I mean, we're all either early 20s or late teens. I was 22. There's a big packet of Oreos behind him. That's what they were eating. <laughs> and so it like shifts for some reason. It goes to fall. And as it does, he's reaching for it very rapidly. And this highway patrolman who looks younger than half of us in the car. Pulls his weapon on him. It's like, freeze, 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 freeze. I'm just like, god damn it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's I, just Oreos, you know, man. <laughs> I got my hands on the ceiling. I'm like, oh man, I just got out of the Marines. i like, shot by a cop. What the fuck? Yeah. So, we finally sort everything out. He hauls that dude out of the car. Like, I mean, it was the whole thing. Searches the car. And he's writing us his ticket for speedy. And the last thing he says, he leans in. Into uh, the passenger side window, and he's got mirrored shades on, like this total super troopers looking thing that he's looking around at everyone and just goes, Next time, we'll let the cookies fall. <laughs> <laughs> he just books it out of there. And I'm like, Man, we almost died over some Oreos. Over some Oreos, <laughs> that's
0: awesome. Uh, you planning on taking any extra trips uh, lately?
1: Yeah, uh, I really want to get back down to Amarillo. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they just started something new there, right? They did. There's a yeah.
1: huge promotion down there. So, there's one promotion, Top of Texas, that's been there for about like 30 years. Um, it's right across the street from the amusement park. There's the Top of Texas Wrestleplex. And that's I wrestled cool. there a lot when I was down in uh, Texas. Awesome venue. Um, this new promotion that's starting up. There's uh, another promotion there, too. I'm blanking on the names. But, um, Top of Texas, sort of the standard. Um, they're doing a big thing in December. They do their two ring battle royal. They want to do a men and a women's battle royal. haven't had, that's awesome. They haven't had the opportunity to do the women's one first, and it's for charity. Um, it's a big toy drive, and the day before that, Dory Funk Jr. is going to do a seminar. Okay, so I'm hoping to get down to that. I'm hoping to get enough people that we can. You know, when is that? Out. That's December twenty. If that's a weekend, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be awesome. Just a chance to learn from Dory Funk. To be at the WrestlePlex when they have this big event, it's their biggest event of the year. They've got a ton of people in there. And it's Texas, so the weather's not too bad. Um, I definitely want to get back to Utah. Uh, Devotion Championship Wrestling has become one of the top independents in the country. They've got a great roster. And going, you know, I was on their first show. It was the main event of their first show. <laughs> nice. defending the CSW Heavyweight Championship against Mainland. Um, and the crowd wasn't that great. And then the next show, they like quadrupled the crowd, but it was still a fairly small crowd. Mm. And then main evented once again. And then to see where they're at now, where they're at a bigger venue and they're drawing like five, six hundred people. Billboards. I mean, they've got big yeah. billboards. They're advertising during the Utah Jazz games. I mean, it's big time. So I definitely want to get back over there, but now i got to fight for my spot. You know, <laughs> the legacy yeah. of being the first main event doesn't hold water when you. Yeah. draw those 600 fans whatever
0: guns you've been gone yeah. <laughs> fighting um, for your freedom <laughs>
1: I, would, uh, I hope to do some more bad boys of wrestling shows mm-hmm. I love doing those um, Nebraska there's some good opportunities coming up I want to wrestle in Montana again so earlier this year I got the opportunity to wrestle in Billings Montana at the Metroplex Arena and the funny part about that is when I was a senior in high school we took a trip over there because WWE was there oh nice what what year uh this was 2000
0: Uh so i i probably saw that same house show
1: tour yeah yeah for sure um my girlfriend went with me is now my wife um two of my friends and we got really great seats we were in like, fourth row i was yelling at like baby face randy orton oh that's awesome uh, I yelled to Eddie Guerrero that I wanted to have his children, and he laughed in the middle of his match.
0: Understandable.
1: But then I was able to wrestle there with Bad Boys at Wrestling, in the middle of a monster truck show in front of 7,500 people. Hell
0: yeah, that sounds like a good time. uh, Wrestling in monster trucks?
1: Damn. you know My wife obviously went and saw none of my family came out, but my best friend from high school who was on that WWF trip with me, Uh, he was there in the stands, and I, I saw him, this massive sea of people, and there's actually a good picture on my Facebook page, Big Guns Justin Andrews, where I'm pointing right at it.
0: That's awesome. Uh,
1: so to be able to do that and sort of come full circle, that's pretty awesome. So, long story short, I want to wrestle in Montana again. Just got to find the opportunity. Where would you, You've got you've
0: got contracts in front of you, NWA, WWE, All Elite Wrestling, New Japan.
1: Uh, I would go with... Ooh, that's tough. It would come down to either NWA or AEW.
0: Wouldn't, but New Japan isn't a Young Lion contract. It's straight to it.
1: Uh, the problem with that is I don't know how I'd be able to commit with my career. Mm-hmm. Um, even being in the National Guard, if you're going to do tours in New Japan. If I'm having to miss a couple drills here or there, I don't know. Um, and... I would want to make it for the hometown audience, for the American audience. Now, New Japan is making huge waves here in America, definitely more so than when I was buying their tapes off High Spots. Oh, I I missed that. But uh, yeah, I I think it would come down to AEW and NWA. Mm -hmm. I think personally, my style and who I am and how I look is a better fit for NWA. I really do. Shows are great. But all elite wrestling, man, as as a WCW guy, you know, once I became a teenager or an Preteen, I became a WCW guy, and uh, and AEW has that sort of that WCW feel.
0: I think hell, they got bash at the beach now. Yeah. yeah, in the end, I would.
1: I don't know. It's tough. I don't have any of the contracts in front of me, so I can't say like, you're gonna have them
0: one day, man. But it's gonna be tempting, and I, I know that the problem right now is AEW is still too young, and uh, you can't put all the you know your money in that sort of basket yet because this has really not been done since what. When did WWE, WWE or WCW go away? Like two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand. It was like two thousand one. So the cons have a lot of room to make a lot of mistakes, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm really looking for. I know the wrestling is going to be good, but I want to see what they're what they're going to do wrong. I want to see who the first guy to leave AEW is to go to d- d- WWE or, or vice versa. As of right mm-hmm. now, uh, but it's still it's still the big leagues, and you know I don't like hearing people hating on it. Uh, well, I don't like really hate people hating on anything anyway but it's still a childhood dream
1: right
0: it's still the place where Hulk Hogan was it's still the place where Stone Cold was smashing beers and there's nothing that you can take that away right yeah but yeah so uh, wow. I just, just thinking about all that just uh, the best things in life like people don't you can't get away from wrestling and people just don't know it right yeah there's there's a wrestler somewhere yeah. Uh you see that meme about um, the the princess uh, princess bride? I was like, why should I like this movie? Is there a pro wrestler in it? No. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, every time my friends would ask me a question about something, if I've seen a movie, is there a wrestler in it in the last ten years? No. Then I probably don't give a shit about it. <laughs> like it's it's hard to, it's hard to drag me away from just uh, wow it's power uh, dark. AW, mm-hmm. I might uh, cheat and watch uh, NXT because it's still badass. Yeah. Well, uh, now that you're back, uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about where you could possibly go. I mean, how's it been? Th- just back?
1: <laughs> uh, really good, really good. I mean, I'm on um, leave right now, mm-hmm. so uh, that's pretty standard, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just chilling. Uh, now I'm still a full time student. I was a full time student the whole time in, in Afghanistan. Did not break my. Um, so I still have a lot of classroom to do.
0: What are you that's studying?
1: History. Good for you. I already have a history degree. I'm working on advancing that. I want to teach college. It's what my wife does. She's a college professor. Um, so hopefully we can become a house of learning doctors at some point. No, that's awesome. But uh, so, you know, that takes a good portion of my day because I'm taking uh, five classes. Then, you know, working out, tanning, uh, just chilling. I-, I like to put the TV on. I and. Mean, just like let it run, man. So we didn't have that in Afghanistan. Like I couldn't. The first few episodes of Dynamite, I didn't get to oh. see. didn't have them on AFN. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, no legal way for me to no. watch those episodes until I got back. What was the first thing you ate? Uh, some. Because so again, I came in at like one in the morning and I was starving. So we flew military flights the whole way. Um, it was whatever. I can't remember the place. It was some takeout place that was still open at one a.m. When thursday night in, in denver, denver. <laughs> yeah.
0: no it's uh, that's that's all well, when you did get a chance to pick what you wanted uh
1: then we went to red lobster because it's uh all well, you can eat shrimp <laughs> oh that's
0: awesome yeah. yeah you can't get over those i i usually go every time i see that it's i don't like to go to chain restaurants here because we're in colorado yeah I mean, there's well
1: there is there's so yeah. many good local
0: yeah. yeah but all i like, can you eat shrimp Mm-mm, i yeah. don't care <laughs> Uh, anything else that you'd uh, want to leave us with? Um, obviously, we've, we've gone through a lot of what's going on, where you've been, uh, where you could could be going.
1: Yeah. Um, come out and check out as much independent wrestling as you can. Now, I know your podcast has, like, has a pretty wide reach, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually recording this in a local comic book shop, mm-hmm. which I'm also a comic book fan.
0: use comic books?
1: So... Uh, Get out there and support that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the intersection between comics and wrestling, I feel, has never been like greater, and uh, which is awesome. I mean, especially for like a jockey kid like I was, a big Boy Scout jockey, like outdoorsy guy, to read comic books was sort of like taboo.
0: What comics did you start with?
1: Uh, so the first one I can remember was Classic X Men number three. Oh. It was when I was really sick, and my mom I brought it home because I was home from school. Um, so it's a huge X Men fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the first real comic book that I read, the first non-mainstream thing, was mm-hmm. ElfQuest. Really? Um, That's awesome. A, they had it in my local library, mm-hmm. and after I read that, I was like, "Man, these superheroes have got to go." And
0: Most like, people don't admit to ElfQuest. Good for you, brother. Yeah, I have,
1: yeah <laughs> my daughter reads it. I've read it. My, now my wife, like I said, she's a college professor, so she teaches a sociology comic book course. Really. And. Uh, there's no quest in that. It doesn't fit the scope. but um, Yeah, so here at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, if any of you students out there looking for a higher-level sociology course, check it out. What else does she teach in that, if you don't want me uh, ask So in that course in particular, uh, it's uh, Mouse, uh, Killing Joke, Watchmen, watchmen uh, Dark Knight Returns, Missing Word. Something else very socially conscious. Like,
0: gotcha. Uh, Beef for Vendetta or uh, hmm? Beef for Vendetta? No, um... no it wasn't. A, it wasn't another Alan Moore
1: because she was asking for suggestions when she was developing it. And I was like, "Well, you could just do all of Alan Moore." And she's like, "Well, I need to mix it up." Wow. And I was like, "All right, we'll throw some Frank Miller in there." She's like, "Yeah, we need more than two. Like, oh, God loves man kills. Oh, oh, okay. That's what they start with.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. That's a good way to get your feet wet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh,
1: it's a, like a challenging. Text like that, especially if you're used to like the 90s cartoon, happy go lucky X Men, to get that graphic novel and be like, oh, by the way, this is what this course is about.
0: A buddy and I were talking about that at work yesterday when we were talking about the new episodes of Watchmen, and I was like, why the hell isn't this being taught in schools? Like, this needs to be taught. This is collegiate level reading. Like, you can't just pick Watchmen up and be like, oh, I get it, cool. No. Oh, yeah, I mean,
1: I read it. It's my favorite series of all time, Watchmen. Every time I read it, I feel like I'm there's something little yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so it, it is being taught just the college rubble hell yeah she's not the only person out there teaching comic book mm-hmm. courses but she's the best
0: that's actually something I want to do eventually because I want to go get my master's and eventually my PhD and, and just figure out a way to like uh, I'm me let me do what I want to do right. yeah the Bendis does it um, mm-hmm. I think Matt Fraction does it as well uh, all the yeah, big big names that pretty much just say, Yeah, I'm I'm me, let me do what I want.
1: Well I had a great college professor when I was going to Pikes Peak Community College here and he was working on his PhD, but he had a master's in the humanities and he had all these graduate credits so he could teach art history, he could teach humanities, he could teach history, which is what his master's actually in. Um, he could teach, you know, a little bit of English classes, he knew like old Norse or, or something that he could have developed if he had enough interest in it and Basically, the I mean, he's so talented and so smart and so qualified. College is like, we're lucky to have you. You tell us what you want to teach. That's awesome. And uh, and you just tell he was having a great time when he's in there because he was talking about what he was most interested in. Just like you do. If you're on this podcast.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. It's been an honor to have you on the show. I'm glad you made it back safe. Thank Sorry you, I gave man. you such a huge hug when you came back. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. I, know. I just met you. It was it was just, but it, it's something I'm passionate about. I've We're, this is the only town I've, felt comfortable in as a civilian uh growing up in it and then all of a sudden i'm 18 and then i'm like going to school and like it was the worst culture shock yeah and sure. it, but this 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 uh this uh, city has been very good to me and it, i hope uh i can be good to it uh, we got big guns here uh how do we find you on uh instagram or on facebook uh, or?
1: instagram is at donate blood wrestle big guns i love it um And if you go on Facebook, just look up Big Guns Justin Andrews, and I'm on there. I do have a website, but it it has not been updated uh, since I've been back from Afghanistan, but that's suplexparty.com. I'll have that updated shortly. And then you can find me all here in Colorado, Colorado Springs Wrestling, New Era Wrestling, Primo's Premier Pro Wrestling, and hopefully many others in the future that I've worked at previously, like Blue Jolibra and Laughs, IWC Legacy. I could go on and on. There's a promotion in Colorado. I've worked for it.
0: Uh, you have any big shows coming up that, that's been booked yet?
1: Uh, unfortunately I cannot announce that, but a little birdie told me that if you are really into independent wrestling in Colorado, that you need to be at Mile High Comics on December 7th mm-hmm. for New Era. Is their hundredth consecutive show. Yeah. Um, my first New Era shows is there at Buffalo Rose in Golden, Colorado, which was, it was an interesting venue. Um, So, to see them where they are now, where they're at Mile High Comics, and it's, I mean, they draw like 700 fans sometimes.
0: The crowd is great there. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: So, definitely go check that one out on December 7th. Um, Colorado Springs Wrestling and I, Ruthless Randy Rude, uh, thought that by bringing me back I was going to be part of his little gang. Wrong. So, I don't know. He's the one in charge. He hasn't told me anything about their next show yet. Yeah. yeah, definitely check. I mean, check out all the indie wrestling in your area or here in Colorado, wherever you're at.
0: What he said, guys. This is dangerous. This transmission is out.